Hey guys, welcome to The Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and this is episode 74. Feedback can be left at the website, bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit. The Ronin Rabbit has a Google Plus page. Usagi podcast at gmail.com is the email. For those of you that prefer Facebook, I post the episodes when they go live on the Usagi Yojimbo Facebook page. Thank you, Steve. And Teal Productions on Twitter if you want to tweet me about Usagi. Uh, This episode, I start my thoughts on Volume 3 of Usagi Yojimbo. That is the Dark Horse Comics volume, which has continued to this very day. Uh, He's up in the 150s, I think, now. I forget what the last issue was I picked up. Issue 1, cover dated April 1996. The name of the uh, story is Noodles. And the, the main people that we'll run into is, of course, Miyamoto Usagi. We'll have the return of Kitsune be introduced to Yoriki Masuda, and we will be introduced to Noodles, which is kind of cool that the title of the story is the name of a character as well. Now, my uh, source material, I have the softcover trades. They're up to, I think, Volume 7, Usagi Ojimbo Saga, I believe is what they're called, being put out right now. But I'm in the process of packing up to move, and books like that are one of the first things we've packed, so they're they're packed up. But I do have access to my single issues. Um, The earlier volumes, my collection was spotty until recently, uh, but now I can start using the actual single issues for the source as as I go through the... both for what I read and as I, I go through the story... Um, this episode, I don't know that I'll do this every episode, but after my thoughts on the story, um, at the end of the episode, I'll go into some things that are exclusive to the issue itself uh, that I found interesting. Uh, this episode, just to give you a heads up, one thing is some information that I, I found pretty fascinating on the letters column. Uh, now, when I get to that, I'm, I'm going to read this uh, on the show, uh, and those of you that are not interested, of course, by all means, I will have closed the show and given you a chance to exit and move on to other endeavors should you choose to endeavor so. But we start this issue, first of all, uh, the, the cover. Uh, it's a nice, solid Usagi cover. Uh, he's looking a little worse for wear, holding uh, one of his swords. I imagine it's the long sword by the looks of it standing on the top of a stone flight of stairs, looking down the stairs at us, the audience, not directly down the stairs, but off to the side like he's looking off the staircase. A Tokagi up here is next to him, and the Tokagi looks pretty big. It's about half the size of Usagi. I don't know that that's Spot. We've kind of gotten rid of Spot. Last time we saw Spot, he was with... uh, Who was he with? Was he with Zato, I think? Um, open the story. We have a three-page recap of things that Usagi has gone through up until now. 
we see a recap of the Battle of Adashigahara. We see several characters that Usagi has run into. Tomo, Tomo, Tomoe, um, Gen, Zatuinu, some of the various ninja clans that he's fought against, the big dragon here in the background that he fought. And then the final page of the recap is a page of Usagi walking through a field with leaves floating around, a butterfly and dragonfly. Just a nice, quiet, all of that storm has passed and now he is transitioning uh, peacefully into the next chapter, which we have here. We open this issue with the local police administrator leading a charge of policemen, whether they're citizen policemen are actually sworn in we're not told uh, somewhere else in the town usagi is wandering into the town at night looking around thinking wow what a nice peaceful looking town oddly enough with these uh, rush of police officers here elsewhere in town and of course uh, we're, we're thinking as as i'm reading this that those two have got to meet somewhere and sure enough as, as we start going through panel by panel uh, page by page, we see the officers are chasing uh, someone, perhaps a female, because it appears that they have flowers on their robe. Usagi continuing to walk down the street quietly, and all of these things progress until someone runs by Usagi fast enough that he can't really determine who they are because he wasn't paying attention to them. He was looking elsewhere. And they cut around a corner and disappear. Usagi stops a minute to think, well, wow, I wonder wonder what in the world that was. And as he's thinking, the police uh, posse, shall we call them, because it's not really a patrol, it's many more men than a patrol, come up on him, ask if he's seen a woman go by, and he says no, because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't want to get involved. So he's like, no, I, I haven't seen a, a woman. I, I don't know what you're looking for. And this crew stop and start browbeating Usagi. Well, she had to have come by here. You had to have seen her, so you must be lying. And so they start to take out their issues on Usagi, which doesn't go very well, um, as we would hope for our, our protagonist. He starts dispatching the men, and when the administrator finally rides up, some of the men apparently had broken out and gotten in front. They were the faster runners. Um, asks what's going on, sees two, four, six, seven of his men beaten up, laying in, in various stages of repose uh, there on the ground around Usagi. Police administrator asks what's going on, and Usagi says, well, your men attacked me for no good reason. If they were not police, I would not have been so gentle. He never unsheathed his sword. He used the sword, but he kept it in the scabbard fighting um and then one of the men that is recovered shouts out he's that thief's accomplice yoriki masuda so here we go here is uh the police administrator for the town given name yoriki masuda yoriki actually is his title um that is the police administrator masuda being his given name um so usagi tries to explain no i just arrived here you're wardens can verify when approximately I came in. Of course, they'll know because I had to pass them. 
And the police administrator stares down Usagi for a minute, and Usagi defiantly stares back. And finally, the administrator breaks, and he says, Ah, you fools, what have you done? You're using him to cover up your incompetence. And he smacks one. Directs them to continue looking, but he tells Usagi, Don't go anywhere, don't do anything. My eye is on you. I have no stomach for Ronin, particularly in my town. You guys are nothing but trouble, so we'll get back to this when I find this perp I'm looking for. And they ride off. As Masuda is riding off, he bumps into a vendor, uh, a a rather large man. Um, Looks to be maybe a bear, perhaps, a rather large bear. Uh, carrying a, a vendor vendor's equipment, which is a pole, and it looks like two small huts, on, one on either end of the pole, and it he's carrying the pole across his shoulder. There's a gap between them, and he's, he's carrying them that way. And as uh, he passes by Usagi, someone says, um, let's see, the, the guy, the... the Vendor, who we're going to find out is is noodles, of course, and which gives you an indication of what he uh, vends, if that's the correct word. I don't know what he sells. And he asks in his own way, and Usagi declines, says, "I don't want any noodles, thank you." And as they pass by, a female voice says, "Are you sure, Usagi? My treat." And he looks around, and the vendor kind of laughs and keeps going, and then starts running. Usagi, wanting to understand what that voice was, who it was, runs off after him. Keeps looking, keeps looking, keeps looking. Finally finds the vendor who has stopped and is preparing some of his noodles. And then out of one of the little vending huts steps Kitsune. She speaks to Usagi. They have a quick catch-up. She introduces Usagi to her partner, Noodles, as he is preparing some noodles. Um, Hands them to Usagi. Usagi starts eating as he is catching up with Katsuni. Uh, we find out that perhaps the noodles that Noodles prepares are not the best because Usagi takes a big bite and then spits it out and says, well, you know, actually I'm, I'm not very hungry. We we have good nights uh, as they finish up Katsuni and Usagi. In that panel, kind of as an aside, one of the Tokagi that are wandering around town try the noodles and has the same result. Uh, we have a yuck yuck gack as it spits it back out next day we see katsuni plying her uh entertainer trade she has a top and a fan and she is doing various tricks with the fan and the top as she is telling a story then the hero leaped over the mountain peaks and and she's the the top is seen bouncing and scaled the heights of heaven, and she tosses the top and turns the fan on edge, and at the edge, the top spins, where he dashed along the dragon's back, and then she makes the top go along the outer edge of the fan, then plunged into the void as it falls off, and finally descended onto the firmament. The top falls and now continues to spin on the ground. So she continues her story in front of a crowd we have backed up now and we see the crowd there's about 10 or 12 people gathered around with other vendors and other people going 
hither and yon. We see it's kind of a normal um, village situation here with Kitsune uh, as a street entertainer just trying to, to earn some money. She gives a young girl one of the tops. And Usagi sees this uh, as he's walking up and they start conversing. We we have some uh, indication that Usagi does not really fully appreciate what Kitsune does because a lot of times Kitsune does things on the other side of the law from him, but he indicates that he's no judge. You um, are you know you are free to do what you want what you want the way that you feel you want to. Uh, so they they have a little uh, tête-à-tête there, going back and forth about you know right and wrong and judging and. We see that everything's cool between them. Kitsune may not be his favorite um, supporting character, but he's not condescending to her at all, being a samurai. We see a meeting between the magistrate and the police commissioner, uh, police administrator, excuse me, where the administrator is browbeaten by the magistrate because the most recent thief got away. That's who they were chasing the previous night. But also, it is one in a string of things that the police have not been able to squelch. And so there's threats. You know, if you can't do this, I'll find somebody who can kind of thing. So the administrator runs and goes to a collection of what I imagine are supposed to represent uh, Yakuza thugs. And I say that because several of them don't have tops on, shirts on, blouses on, whatever you want to call them. And, and they're tattooed. And I am familiar enough to know that the tattoos represent things supposedly in the uh, Yakuza hierarchy uh, accomplishments, maybe. Uh, you get tats. So... Apparently, he is aware, the police administrator, that these bad guys are doing things, the bad guys being the uh, Yakuza, apparently, but they are rather defiant. They understand that they truly wield the power um, because he has allowed them to. He has not done anything to stop them. And so, of course, the uh, the question comes up, well, h- how are you going to stop us now? And he leaves them finally with a you guys need to quiet down or I will do something for a little while. Nothing really is accomplished, you know, that we know of. It's just we are being told what is occurring. Uh, Next we cut to Usagi and Katsuni at a, a restaurant, a hibachi, perhaps. I see a grill here with someone cooking on it. The administrators posse are running around now they have a line on this dude named noodles who vends noodles Uh, he is the one who has been uh, doing all the thievery and the the yakuza thugs say well actually that's going to be a good thing because getting him off the street will help everybody his noodles suck so they chase after noodles noodles defends himself Uh, he is twice as big as the police posse, uh, any any single member. So he's not having too difficult a time uh, fending them off. Now, something happens here that I have never seen before, but I think is darn cool. Uh, they call out the ladder brigade. Now, the ladder brigade, I assume, would have to do with firefighting. 
That's that's my assumption. I could very well be wrong. They come. They're dressed in darker garb than the police posse. Uh, let's say that their garb is gray, as opposed to now the latter brigade, whose garb is black with white uh, accoutrement headbands, bands on the shoulders to hold the sleeves back, the waist belt. Uh, but we see four ladders. Each ladder has two men, and there's a man in charge. They surround noodles, one ladder on each side, right? So two ladders are at a level, and then the two ladders at the other two sides are stacked on top of the ladders. So you have two at level one, let's say, and two at level two. And then what they do is they move in and they squeeze noodles between the ladders uh, violently. They, they rush at him, not just to hold him, but to subdue him. And it turns out it must be rather painful because a, a harag and a crunch sound from the ladders and then uh, noodles uh, succumbing. Katsuni and Usagi are continuing to sit here eating. We're visiting, talking uh, some more about uh, the nature of good and evil, perhaps, or good and less good, as Usagi and Katsuni see it. And then someone rushes in and says, Hey, the cops just caught Noodles, the soba seller. Turns out he's a thief. Boy, they'll execute him for sure. And, of course, Usagi and Katsuni in particular are taken aback. And that's where we end with a to-be-continued at the uh, at the bottom of the page. So in this issue, we have exposure to some terms, some that we have seen before, some not. We are given by Mr. Sakai the word shogun, which is the military ruler over all of Japan at this time. Mushishugyo, which is the warrior pilgrimage. That's the journey that Usagi is on, having lost his, his lord. Uh, Yoriki, which I, I said is the police administrator. Soba, which we probably know here now um, as just noodles, but they're a particular type of buckwheat noodles. Como, which is the top, um, like Katsuni was using in her street show. Oshogatsu, which is a, a particular type of New Year's gift, and that was what... Kitsune cited as she gave the young girl her own top. She was giving it to her as a New Year's gift, a oshogatsu. And then sensu is a term that I looked up just so that I would know. That's the name of, of that's a generic name for the fan. Now I know I've I've seen those fans in movies that they're used as the uh, genteel female, you know, fan kind of. But I've also seen where they're used as a martial weapon. Uh, sharpened edges and uh, double-wielded one in each hand, and they're used to block and slice. And so, um, if if they were truly used in that way, that's that's pretty cool. But I, I would imagine they wouldn't be very stout in order to be collapsible. Not at that time. Now nowadays, we could make some assault fans. I think they'd be pretty cool. Uh, beyond that, I, I do want to extend a thank you to Matthew Guy uh, and a, a friend of mine from Facebook, who was inquiring about the return of the show. 
uh, indicating that he was looking forward to it coming back so that he could follow using those Usagi Jumbo Saga trade paperbacks. And that that kind of was cool to me uh, that somebody wanted to, to know um, and kind of helped me to go ahead and get things started now rather than perhaps a little bit later when I would have motivated on my own. But it, it was certainly helpful. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate it. Next time out will be Usagi Jimbo Volume 3, Issue Number 2 from Dark Horse Comics. And I apologize, I didn't write what that particular issue was cover dated as. Now, those of you that don't want to hear this uh, information that I'm about to regurgitate here, by all means, I will see you next episode. Those of you sticking around, we have uh, on the letters page here an indication of story notes. Uh, I assume these are from Mr. Sakai. And he tells us foxes or kitsunis in or kitsune, excuse me, in Japanese folklore were magical creatures or uh, tricksters who could be benevolent as well as malicious. They're guardians of rice crops and messengers of Inari, the god of the harvest. When a fox reaches a hundred years, its spirit can possess a person, cause insanity, and at one thousand it grows nine tails and attains great wisdom. They can also shape change at will, often taking on the form of a beautiful woman. It was upon these stories that I based my own Kitsune. Now, as far as we can tell, Kitsune only has one tail. So uh, I I would assume she's somewhere between 100 and 1,000 years old, if that applies. Uh, Mr. Sakai tells us the last time Kitsune appeared was in Usagi Jumbo number 37 of the Fantagraphics run. Street peddlers were fairly common in feudal Japan, selling everything from fresh flowers to sandals and brooms to hot foods. Noodles Soba Stand is based upon an 1890 photography found in the Peabody Museum of Salem, E.S. Morris Collection Photography, published in Japan by Shogakukan Publishing. So the um, stand that Noodles is carrying around is what he's referring to there. Uh, There are two types of fans used by the Japanese, the rigid fan, which came from China, and the sensu, or folding fan. The sensu appeared as early as the 7th century and was a purely Japanese invention. It assumed very symbolic meanings from the rituals in the imperial court to a prop used by a street juggler. It was a symbol of authority, as in the case of a battle fan used by a commander to order his troops. Even today, the referee at a sumo match carries a fan, his rank denoted by the color of its tassel. The sensu has also been used in theater and in dance. People attending a tea ceremony must carry a fan tucked in their kimono, though it is never used except to pass small cakes. Giant fans are carried in the festival of Amaterasu at Isi and Binbogami, the god of poverty, is depicted holding a fan. The magistrates in larger towns were equal in status to some daimyo, uh, those are the lords, uh, feudal lords. He was responsible for the policing of the town, for settling civil disputes, and issuing travel permits. He did not deal with samurai or priests, for whom there were special officials. Under him were the yoriki. These were traditional hereditary positions within a samurai family. The doshin served under the yoriki, though this was also a hereditary samurai position that carried only one sword. Below them were the Okapiki, townspeople who patrolled the streets and basically acted as the eyes and ears of the police. So the Okapiki uh, was the uh, posse that were running around there in the village. The symbol of authority of the police was the jeet, a forked dirk that could catch and hold a blade in its prong, rendering a sword useless. Research for this section came from 
Secrets of the Samurai by Reti and Westbrook, Everyday Life in Imperial Japan by Charles Dunn, and Shinju by Laura Rowland, a well-researched murder mystery that takes place in 1689 Edo. Um, I believe the Shinju by Laura Rowland, that's um, a work of fiction, but I believe that's one in a series of books she has about a low-level administrator in Japanese, uh, in, the, in the local Japanese government uh, that runs afoul of various things. Um, I, I finished one issue, uh, one installment of that recently, where he was asked to be a professor at a local college for a little while and ran into some issues there. Okay, sorry. Uh, Susano Ono Mikoto, to whom Kitsune referred, is the Shinto deity of storms. He's the brother of Amaterasu, the sun goddess, and was born from the nose of Izanagi, who, with the goddess Izanami, created the Japanese archipelago. He slew the eight-headed dragon and found the sword that became Grass Cutter, one of the imperial regalia. I believe later on we'll have a story involving swords uh, by the name of Grass Cutter here in Usagi. Besides the books mentioned earlier, I also relied on Mengea, Mengeji, I'm not sure, Japan's Enduring Folk Arts by Amori St. Gil, Japanese Crafts by John Lowe, and Japanese Mythology by Juliet Pigeot. There were also two period manga that inspired the idea of the latter brigade, Kojur Okami by Koiki and Kojima, and Nijit Butsugi. Uh, the Nijit Butsugi I was not able to find, but the Kojur Okami, uh, I believe, translates to Lone Wolf and Cub in, in our uh, manga manga over here. Uh, I know Koike and Kojima were certainly the creators, but if I recall, that's it was, over there it was called Kojur Okami. Over here, I believe we find it as Lone Wolf and Cub, which I have read uh, all of the first volume. I am currently purchasing and reading the second volume, and it is, the first volume, is my favorite manga of all time. Uh, one of my favorite sequential art publications of all time, easily in my top five. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. Went a little bit longer than usual. I appreciate it. Next time out, it'll be the normal length more than likely. See you then. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives, 3.0, Unported License.